Well, grab your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to Luke chapter 17. <laughs> Luke chapter 17. Oh, I forgot to change it. Uh, and so I'm going to be reading from a translation called the Net, the New English Translation. I forgot to change it on the screen there. Um, so if you're following your, in your C, CSBs, don't worry, you're right, you're, you're right, you're fine. <laughs> so uh, Luke 17, <clears throat> verses 11 through 19 says this. Now on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, 10 men with leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, at a distance raised their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went along, they were cleansed. Then one of them who saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He fell with his face to the ground at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, we're not 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found uh, to turn back and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to the man, Get up and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would open up your word to us here this morning. Lord, show us a vision of yourself. Lord, so that we may truly cry out, All hail King Jesus. You are the one who brings healing. You are the one who brings restoration. You are, the run, you are the one who rules over this whole world. You are king. And we know that you've got the whole world in your hands and it's going to be all right. This world will be restored. This world will be healed if they turn to you, Lord God, the Savior of all. Reveal to us, Lord, your desire for healing, your desire for uh, for restoration here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> well, if you're uh, just joining us f- for the first time in a while, we are going through the book of Luke. We've been going through it for about a year, a little, almost a year and a half or so now. And so uh, at this point in the juncture, we are still heading toward Jerusalem, which we've been doing for the last several months. But uh, <laughs> But there's a... This kind of made, this uh, our, our passage here this morning made me think about uh, a movie, and uh, the movie actually uh, I love movies about character development. Character development, I, I know, weird, right? I, I just wore the shirt yesterday. <laughs> they bought me a shirt for Christmas last year that said, you know, "I speak frequent movie clo- movie quotes." What's that? Fluent. I speak in fluent movie quotes, and I wore that yesterday, and <laughs> thought of you guys. So, <laughs> and one of the best character development movies of all time is your favorite and mine, Yaman. <laughs> right? So we watched it last, last Sunday after church, and uh, it was great. So introducing our kids to, uh, to, uh, to Cool Runnings, right? To the Rastaman. And they, what's that? Oh, anyway. So they go from this. <laughs> this group of the friends in the middle, a rich boy who know, has no friends, and a brute who has no friends and doesn't want them either. And <laughs> they go from, you know, this, this, I love this character development because they go from this to this, to friends, to history makers, the very first Jamaican bobsled team. And we've trained our children. Jackson, you dead? 
Ja, Mann. <laughs> you can pee now. Oh, too late. <laughs> But they go from this divided group of, of people, in, you know, of men in Jamaica, you know, the pushcart derby, you know, champion, to now Olympians. And not only Olympians, but friends. And not only friends, brothers that knew and loved each other for years to come and have made history. And they've, Jamaica has continued to send bobsled teams back. But I love the, the, the development. Like even at one point, you know, uh, the, the rich boy, you know, the short guy there, he was standing in front of a mirror and the big burly guy on the far left, Yul Brenner, is standing there and he's getting him to, to you know, identify himself and grow, grow up, man, grow up here. Man, have some confidence giving them courage. I love the word encourage because it means to give you courage. Here's some courage. Swallow it. It's awesome. Keep it down. You know, he's standing there at the, at the mirror saying, what do you see? I see pride, power, a bad mother who don't take no crap off of nobody. It was funny. I, I watched the edited version growing up and I just watched the unedited version on, on uh, the original on uh, Disney Plus and I was like, oh, I forgot that word was in there. <laughs> right? But it's just, you know, providing confidence, growing up, growing into his identity, growing into his identity as a man, as an Olympian, as a part of a team, thinking about others. And you just, I love the each, how each character grows and transforms. And there's healing that, goes, that comes along the way as well. Seeing, seeing your, themselves as a greater identity, right? From pushcart derby um, champion to Olympian. From wannabe track stars to Olympians. Right? And I love this, this way, the way that it, it has this, this picture of character development and, and transformation and healing through community as well. The, through the one another in this relationship. Because they had to rely on each other 100%. And I want to focus in on this phrase that Jesus, is, Jesus uses in our passage. As they went along. So as we go along. As we go along. That's, that's going to be the topic of, our, of our, our, our time here this morning. Centering in on this, on this part of the passage that as we go along. What happened to them? As they went along, they were cleansed. They were healed. They were restored. We'll get to that in a minute here. But the main point here this morning is that we are healed and our lives transformed as we go along. As we live our lives, as we live this life that God has given us, as we, as we wake up every morning, as we eat our meals and we go to work and we have our time with our families and we go to bed every night, our lives are healed and transformed as we go along. So as we, as we talked about, we're still traveling to Jerusalem. This is that long, month-long journey that Jesus took toward Jerusalem, all the while telling them, hey guys, guess what? I'm going to die. Uh-huh. But don't, but it's cool. BRB. I'll be right back. Be right back. LOL. Lots of love. So we're still traveling to Jerusalem. And I just, so I just, this last week, I planned out the rest of the sermon, and we're going to get to Jerusalem, or at least to Jericho, by May 1st. Woohoo! We're gonna almost stop, stop, stop traveling. We're gonna get to Jericho by May first, so it's not just gonna be the traveling part. 
But uh, then we're going to get into the triumphal entry um, and into our time in Jerusalem. So I'm super excited to get there. Um, and so we'll end, we'll end our, we have an ending in sight. We're going to end, ending, be ending our Luke series um, at the end of September. So we're going to make it through the summer. We're going to do a couple, a few uh, short, kind of a, a mini series and then three mini, three, three mini series within the mini series, uh, within a great big series. So you want to be here for that. We're going to break it down. Basically, it'll be June, July, and then August, is, and then September is going to be the last uh, parts of our time in, this, in the, the book of Luke as we get to the end of the gospel here. Um, so I want to just kind of revisit a few things as we get into this as, as by way of reminder, as Paul would like to say, as, by, as way of reminder, as way of reminder, right, that help to overshadow as we go through our passage here this morning, that when you proclaim your faith in Jesus, whether you're a believer now this morning or not. When you come to proclaim your faith in Jesus, you are saved. You are saved. You are delivered. You are holy. You become holy. Holiness is a, is a one-step action. It's God taking you out of here and over here. You know, this, past, this timeline here is instantaneously. Is instantaneous. You can't get holier than you already are. And we'll get to that in a second. You are holy. You have been chosen, set apart. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes upon you, fills you up, and you are given His Holy Spirit. Something that the prophets didn't even get to experience. They, didn't, they got to be with God and, and they would anoint, were anointed. Holy Spirit came upon them, but us... We're filled like the Ark of the Covenant, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit to overflowing, to live our lives and to walk by His Holy Spirit. We can enter into His presence and be in the Spirit every day. We can, I love how John Crowder says, we can be blissed out in the Holy Spirit in the line of Burger King. We can just be overcome with the joy of the Holy Spirit anywhere and everywhere that we want to be. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. Faith sets our life's trajectory, direction. It gives us meaning, purpose, hope, and everything that we need for life and godliness, as it says in 2 Peter 1. This sets us all the way up you know, from the deficit, not just up to zero, but infinitely beyond. Like the, like the illustration I've, I've given in the past of, of like, our theology, our, our belief is not that God gave us a preloaded gift card that was loaded with his blood and sacrificed on the cross and we cashed it in to get saved and then we have to reload that gift card to pay for our future sins. That's not how it works. He gets us up to the point of reconciled and beyond. He said, we who are dead in our trespasses and sins, he made us alive. What? And not only that, but seated us in the heavenly realms with Jesus. So right now, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation, the oldest pastor who has come, you are seated, made alive and seated with him in his kingdom in heaven. That is your reality today. And we'll get to fully experience it, blinders off in his kingdom in heaven later on. But we are there today, right now. And so what is life? What is our life? So, okay, if, that, if that's the reality of where I'm at, why do I still do stupid things? 
Why do I still struggle with certain things? Why do I suffer? Why are there trials? If I'm in God's kingdom today and glorified in his presence, why do I hurt? Why do I get frustrated? Why do I yell at my kids? Why do I get frustrated with relationships and scared? Why do I have fear? Because we are growing in our mind, in our, in our soul. The word soul in the, in the Bible uh, is the word psyche, which means your heart and your mind, the connection of your heart and your mind. So when he talks about your soul, we grow, we mature. We grow up, as the Bible says. We transform. But I said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, of your soul, right? We mature. We grow up. And things in our lives are healed as we go along. We gain healing over past hurts. You know, broken thinking. I always talk, to, talk about the stinking thinking. The old tapes that we were programmed with that we think are just the way that life is. Whereas when we wake up, we, we get an encounter with God and he shows us that's not how it was meant to be. I actually think this way. And so that metanoia, word is oftentimes translated as repent, changing our minds to align with what God thinks, his perspective, his worldview. And so our lives are about growing, are about engaging with, learning, being transformed, healing, as we go along, where, to, where are we going? What is our trajectory? What is our direction? Our great high priest, Jesus. It says in Hebrews, therefore he had, he, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way so that he could become a merciful and faithful what, high priest it matter, in, in matters pertaining to God to make atonement for the sins of the people. This is the first of just 19 times in the book of Hebrew where it refers to Jesus as our great high priest right here. And so this is, it draws us to this, that healing draws us near to God, to worship and enjoy God. And drawing near to worship and enjoy God, what brings us healing? It's this cyclical thing. When we are healed, when we receive healing, we draw near to God to give him worship and to enjoy him. And when we enjoy him and we worship him, when we draw near to him, that brings more healing. And so we can share that with others and continue to that, that cycle of worshiping and enjoying God. Worshiping and enjoying God. Experiencing his healing. Experiencing his presence because healing happens in God's presence in fellowship with one, with one another. This is this pa- our passage here this morning uh, with with the lepers is actually reminiscent of I just found it's almost a year ago, March 14th of last year, a sermon that I entitled Back to the Party, where Jesus heals a leper. So, uh, if you weren't here that that uh, that time or you don't remember, I'll give you a little bit of a reminder. And this is one of the most beautiful things uh, that I love studying the Old Testament to find out these little nuggets from Leviticus, right? I know, you're like, oh, I got to Leviticus back in, what, February, my Bible reading, and I'd kind of, it, I kind of, I just wanted to get through it. <laughs> but 
If you understand the Levitical system, the, the laws and, and the sacrificial system, it can come to beautiful light. How God is providing for a people, uh, providing for structure. Um, but here's the coolest part. So it's, it's, it's found in this passage where Jesus says, as they went along, they were, they were cleansed. So one of them, when he saw that, I'm sorry, going before this, sorry, they said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And then when he saw them, when Jesus saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. Go, show yourself to the priests. This is an instruction for what you're supposed to do in the law. This is found in, if you want to write this down, Leviticus 13 and 14, specifically verse 46, uh, a verse, I believe, of chapter 14, I believe. Um, But Jesus sent them to present themselves to the priest. Now, this word, this, this, the way that Jesus is articulating this is that he is telling them, go make a presentation offering. There's two offerings that you do when you have a presentation offering. One is for the sin, you do a sin offering, right? And then you have a presentation offering. And so these men, and possibly women, well, I guess it says men. So men, so 10 men have been, have had leprosy. What does that mean? Of course, it's a skin disease of some sort. You don't really know what it is. But they were cast out. They were ostracized from the community. They were ostracized from Israel. They were separated from their families. They could not hear the word of God in the synagogue. They could not go to the temple to worship the Lord. They still had their sins on them because they couldn't go and make atonement for their sins because anything they touched became unclean. They couldn't even send a lamb because it would be unclean because you had to touch the lamb that you were, were to slaughter and put your sins on it and slaughter. It was a sin offering, right? You couldn't worship the Lord. You couldn't spend time with your family, your, your wife, your, your children, your friends, your parents. You couldn't go to Shabbat dinners every Friday night to have fellowship with people. You couldn't give people hugs. You couldn't have any interaction with anyone in this, in this group in all of Israel. You had to socially distance permanently. But not just six feet. You like, yard, I think it was like 50 yards or something like that. That's why they were yelling. They, they stood at a distance. They knew. They understood. Right? They, and they were hurling at a distance. So what was Jesus doing? Jesus was saying, go and present yourself to the priest because you will be healed as you go. As they were going, they were healed. And again, don't miss this, the beauty of this passage. Jesus is saying, I'm willing to heal you, but it's not just like, ooh, hey, cool, physical healing, yay, wonderful. This was a welcoming back into the people of God and into the fellowship with God. This was huge. Because the sin offering was to go in and present this, the, you know, the, for the healing, present an offering for the healing. And then the priest would take all the fat in the head and they would burn it on the altar. And then the priest would take the meat and that would be their meat that they would use to eat. The fellowship offering, the, pre- the presentation offering was a fellowship offering. And this was, they would go and, and the priest would take the fatty portions and the, and the liver and the stuff, stuff like that, the head, and they would burn that on the altar. And then the presenter 
would take the rest of the meat with them and have a party to celebrate reconciling with God. That was this first meal that these men were able to have with God. Because they believed that Jerusalem was the place that you would go to share a meal with God. Go and and share a table fellowship in God's presence in Jerusalem. To go and show yourself to the priests so that you can worship God, but so that you can enjoy table fellowship with God. And then come and be restored. Go share Shabbat dinner. Go hug your family. Maybe these these men, you know, one of them was was a new father, couldn't even touch his newborn baby. And now he's able to run home healed, fully healed, full of joy and go and hug his family, kiss his wife, hold his baby and then take them to synagogue to hear the word of God for the first time, maybe in years. This was beautiful. And Jesus doesn't necessarily scold these men for not coming back, some of them for not coming back. For God, he even knew maybe there were families back home that there was like they were beelining it. They're like, I can go join my fellow my family. Yes, I'm going home. I'm seeing my babies. I'm seeing my family. I'm going to the temple because I got so much junk that I did. I need to make a donut. <laughs> this was gorgeous. This was beautiful. Because like I said, these sacrifices restore a person to to God and worship and restore fellowship with the family of God. This was also this way, uh, it's this, let's look at this, this part, the part about uh, these, these men who didn't come back. Maybe they rejected. They, they enjoyed the healing, but they didn't want anything to do with Jesus. They said the word, a.k.a. Jesus, or God himself, was in the world. And the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. This is Israel. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name. Because God came to his own people, but was rejected by them. So maybe that was why they didn't come. You know, this one man, this little aside, right? In, in, in verse, eight, verse 16, said, now he was what? The one who came back was a Samaritan. Hated by the Jews. Dirty, disgusting. Well, all the lepers were. And so they, they all left and went to the priest. But the one guy, the Samaritan, came back because he recognized that this guy's different. This man is different. They, they knew that he could because they had heard about him. Otherwise, they wouldn't have come to Jesus. Right? They came to the right place for healing. But that Israel themselves did not recognize him, did not receive him, crucified and then tried to wipe out and eradicate all those who would turn to him. All those who would receive him. All those who would put their faith in him and were raised to life and have been seated in heavenly places with him. Don't miss this. We are those outsiders. Were. I just use that word. We were those outsiders. Now made insiders. We were those 
unknown, unloved. And now we are called beloved, known, seen, children of God. We were the once dead, now alive. We are the once dead, now, once dead, now alive, eternal kingdom of God with a great high priest. Let's go to Hebrews. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with timidity and fear. No, what? Boldness! boldness. Why? Because it's where you belong. Because he said we are. We approach his throne because he wants us to. You are wanted in his presence. You are desired to come before the throne of God. He wants you. He yearns for you. Get there. It's good. Come before the throne of grace with, with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. Skipping on to chapter 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, if you can read it up here, probably. (laughs) Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness, there it is, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, that's us, the church, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. I want to point out something. With our hearts, not trying to sprinkle our hearts, not trying to wash ourselves of, you know, sprinkling clean from an evil conscience, striving to, trying to, no, no, with our hearts. It is an already done deal. He sprinkled, when you came to faith in Jesus, he sprinkled your heart. He sprinkled your heart. He cleansed your soul of an evil conscience. And our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. Since he who promised is faithful. He is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to, to provoke love and good works. Not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching. This is our state. We who have been healed, our souls sprinkled clean, healed, restored, We come to our great high priest. We will one day see and enter into the the courts of the heavenly temple, the new Jerusalem, the very presence of the Lord God Almighty, physically with our new bodies and our, our new presence, right? So we keep that as our trajectory. We keep that as our focus. We have been sprinkled clean with with the blood of Christ and and pure water, washed clean. We have full assurance of faith. We are walking through. We are walking through this life. We're rejoicing when we face trials of many kinds because we know that the testing of our faith produces endurance to keep walking toward Jesus. 
Every step of the way, no matter how hard it gets, it pushes us. Use that to push you toward Jesus. Use that. Difficulties, trials, striving in this world. We can push it all away and be a non-anxious presence, an unhurried, non-anxious presence in this world. Knowing where we're going. Knowing the object of our faith. We don't have to have this overwhelming sense of urgency. We just simply gaze upon Christ. Be what? Active and hurried and busy? No. No. Be still and know that I am God. Make every effort, as Hebrews says, to what? Enter into God's rest. Knowing where you're going, knowing where you're heading, knowing the author and the perfecter of our faith who we will one day see face to face. But guess what? We get to his presence every day through his Holy Spirit right now. You can walk with, walk with God in, in your life right now, every step of the way. As we walk toward him, as we go along, we are healed and our lives are transformed as we go along. Knowing that we are holy, knowing that we have been set set free from our from sin and death, knowing that we have been restored and reconciled, knowing that we've been filled with his Holy Spirit, knowing that you have the full love and faithfulness of God in your life, that you can draw near to him every day. He is walking with you, beside you, in, inside you, before you, behind you, all around you. He is walking with you with us, his church. Go your way because your faith has made you well. And you will be made well as you go. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, for calling us to walk with you because you desire to walk with us. You you came, Lord God, and you died on the cross to cleanse us from all sin and, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to make us right with God. And you rose from the grave so that we would walk in a new life with you. We would live a resurrection life, raised to walk in the newness of life, in joy, in triumph, in hope, in purpose, and in peace. Because you love us. Lord, don't let anyone in this room leave this place without knowing and encountering that great and beautiful love and walk in that healing, walk in that restoration, walk in that transformation to grow and mature in our faith as we keep you, Lord Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, our great high priest, as the focal point of everything in our lives. We love you, Lord Jesus. We pray all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen.